Asri Report on Sabahul Muslim. Well, the Asri Report is and joining us this morning uh, for the Asri Report, uh, Angelo Faker. Salaam alaikum. Walaikum salam and apologies for delaying your broadcast. One of those things, uh, Angelo. Angelo, what are we to make of the ANC suspension of former President Jacob Zuma? What does this reveal about the state of the governing party? So my sense is that this has been coming a long time, but also it reveals the slowness of the African National Congress as governing parties' response to its internal issues. The trouble that they have with Mr. Zuma is trouble that they've created for themselves. They've stood by him uh, through multiple court processes, um, which I think alienated many South African voters from the party because they saw the party as protecting an individual over protecting the national interest. Uh, And this goes back to his trial for rape at which he was acquitted. Um, It goes through the many trials on corruption involving various issues, including, um, you know, the arms deal fiasco, which is ongoing. Um, And it goes through the process that we saw on in February of 2018, when having lost um, or having ended his term as president of the party in 2017, Mr. Maposa became party president, and they had to really beg him on that Valentine's Day, 14 uh, February 2018, to leave the position as president of the country. Um, and we've not seen any kind of massive shift in the African National Congress's position until the suspension. Uh, we saw the Secretary General, uh, Fikli Mbalula, earlier in the year indicate that the party had gone really to the mat for Jacob Zuma on the Nkandla issue and felt that he hadn't really reciprocated um, in relation to that and basically revealed that the party had more or less lied uh, to protect him. But very little has changed because that's the same party that also protected Mr. Ramaphosa in December of 2022 when they refused to... um, Uh, go with the parliamentary uh, special investigative space saying that they must, that Mr. Ramaphosa has a case to answer on Palapala. So the state of the party internally remains highly divided. We saw the conflict between the previous Secretary General, now National Chairperson, Gwede Mantashe, suggesting that Mr. Malula spoke sort of for the media cameras and not really reflecting the party's position. Mr. Zuma's, you know, support for the MK party and his insistence that he can remain a member of the ANC is what was at issue and the NEC the highest decision-making body in the party decided that according to their constitution this kind of support for an organization that isn't in the tripartite alliance that isn't part of the ANC's family of organizations um, which spoke against um, uh, the party's central missions and therefore this was a disciplinary matter. Mr. Zuma can of course uh, appeal the decision but I suspect that this may be the beginning of a parting of ways between Jacob Zuma and the ANC. And if it isn't, I think many people will see the ANC as even weaker than they already see them. This is a party with financial problems facing, you know, the recoup of more than 100 million rand. Uh, Its headquarters has constantly been the centre of all sorts of concerns around liquidation and asset attachment. Uh, It's had a history over the last 10 years of failing to pay its employees. So the state of the ANC is hardly what it was uh, 15, 20 years ago, and it reminds one very much of that ANC of the 1930s, 
which was more or less moribund, and the African National Congress can ill afford to be in such a position given the challenges the country faces under its governing, given that it's an election here and it wants to win in the majority, given that its opposition is not as strong as they should be, given the weakness of the party, um, they still have to go into an election and convince everybody that they are not just cohesive inside um, the party, but that they can govern a country that faces the challenges South Africa does. Angelo, one of the major discussions that we've been having for, well, a long time here in South Africa is the issue of corruption. Um, as of recently, Corruption Watch also taking out its report, still citing that very little has been done by way of, uh, you know, of confronting corruption in the country and uh, certainly uh, convicting those that have been accused of uh, corrupt-related activities. Digital Vibes uh, made uh, ominous headlines, you know, a while back and... Uh, you know, the uh, implicated individuals, including the Minister of Health as well. Where are we with the progress on the fight against corruption, given the current revelations, including digital vibes and and, and other cases as well? So they've just completed the, the trial itself. They're waiting for the judgment of one particular figure who received a measly amount of 160,000 rand, um, from the CEO of Digital Vibes, or that is what the allegation is. And the contention or the argument is about whether or not that was a loan, whether that was for services rendered, um, or whether that was a bribe. Now, the Digital Vibes scandal is upwards of 150 million rand of public money spent on communications at the height of the pandemic in the Department of Health. The Minister of Health at the time is William Kieser. His son was implicated in this. A parliamentary special investigative unit um, uh, investigation found that he was certainly Mr. Dr. Mkiza himself was not part of the problem um, because it was his son. Um, but the figure at the head of this, Taramayer, is of course very close to Mr. or was very close to Dr. Mkiza. And so questions about nepotism, questions about cater deployment, questions about insular network and patronage networks really, you know, remain at the centre of corruption. The fact that more people haven't been charged, the fact that we've had 160,000 rand component of the 150 million rand problem dealt with in a court is, I think, one of the many things that ordinary South Africans have a problem with in terms of the NPA's speed in acting against corruption on individual cases involving senior members of the governing party or members of, of government. Um, and so there's great, unhap- I think there's a great disappointment in many people that the new dawn promised by Mr. Ramaphosa when he came in in February 2018 hasn't really delivered. It just feels like it's more of the same involving different people um, and people close to Mr. Ramaphosa who've been implicated in similar sorts of scandals haven't really been subjected to the same kinds of processes as people now alienated from his inner circle. And the question that many people have is whether or not this is still the internal unity of the ANC from 2017 being fought out as late as 2024. And so, yes, I think many South Africans will be going into the ballot boxes, into those uh, voting booths, asking themselves, can they vote for a party that has overseen the 
slow move and sometimes no move against corruption, which they experience in their everyday lives, even if not at the level of facing corruption, facing the consequences of corruption, which is poor services, bad management of municipalities, bad management of the state's resources, of public enterprises, load shedding, the water shortages, and a variety of other problems. And so, yes, my sense is that we are far from dealing with not just the actual corruption that's happened. President Jabulu and Debele pointed out way back in 2008 against the very notion of what makes us so corruptible. And that, I think, has been a failure of the last six to seven years. Angelo Fink, thank you for joining us this morning with the Asri Report. Uh, and have a good weekend ahead of you. Assalamu alaikum, uh, Angelo. Wa alaikum salam and Juma Mubarak. Well, that was Angelo Fink with the Asri Report.